Hello, and welcome to our new podcast series, Weaver On Chain. I'm your host, Tim Savage, and I lead Weaver's blockchain and digital assets practice. In this series, we'll be diving into various topics surrounding the blockchain industry, and each show will feature guest speakers who are deeply involved in this space. On this episode today, I'm incredibly excited to introduce our inaugural guest speaker, Dr. Sean Stein-Smith. Dr. Smith is a professor at the City University of New York Lehman College. He serves on the advisory board of the Wall Street Blockchain Alliance, where he chairs the accounting working group. He also sits on the advisory board of Gilded, a crypto payment and accounting organization, and is a strategic advisor to the central bank digital currency think tank. His award-winning research has been recognized and honored globally and is a frequent guest speaker uh, discussing blockchain technology and, and publications on Forbes and accounting today. Sean, great to have you on the show today. How's it going, Tim? Happy to be here. Well, I've had the pleasure of hearing you present before, and um, of course, I've read your publications as well. Um, but for our viewers who've not met you before, can you um, maybe tell us a little about your background and how you got involved in crypto assets? Yeah, sure. So, so the uh, so the actual path that I took to get here is that is much prior to my current roles in higher education, consulting, training, all the rest. I I worked in industry as a CPA for about nine years, and every single role I had, it was a blend, as almost all of them are these days, right? Of accounting, finance, and IT, you know. And so, as I was doing that and doing my PhD and all the rest, I, you know, I heard of this blockchain idea and this Bitcoin idea. I say probably, probably the first time was in 2015, 2016. And so then after doing the PhD, finishing that, I've, I've honestly been really hands-on in the blockchain crypto asset space uh, on a academic point of view, training point of view, and then a hands-on point of view, I'd say really since about early 2016. And, and, and it's honestly been a great ride. And it really has been an awesome opportunity right, for anybody in our industry. Yeah, it sounds like you got into it a little bit uh, before I did. So I, I was on the early 2017 train. Okay, could have gotten into it back in 2012, and actually thought, um, you know, I thought it was going to be a fad, and um, you know, I of course was wrong. Um, so 2017, it took five years for me to uh, wake up and and really study this space, and since then I was hooked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some things that you're you're doing and and working on now that that are in this space? Yeah, so so the areas that I am most honed in on right now don't have to do so much actually with uh, Bitcoin or any of the traditional crypto assets out there, right? Right, be because ultimately there are headlines out there of, on Bitcoin trading volatility, trading volumes, all the rest. But honestly, the whole conversation for us CPAs, advisors, tax audit folks, all the rest has honestly moved to privately issued coins or tokens, NFTs, DeFi, you know, any of those sort of next level blockchain based applications is honestly where I am allocating most of my time uh, now and I plan to going forward. And and I'm doing that one to obviously keep pace with the industry. And then two, that as there are more applications and enterprise level applications, again, be it DeFi, NFTs or any uh, corporations actually authorizing or enabling 
uh, payments using crypto assets, that's where really our expertise and I'd say really economic value can be most put forward, right? To help individuals, obviously, but to also help external entrepreneurs or institutional clients have a good handle on these trends and how they impact them. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see how fast this space has evolved. I mean, just 2009 when Bitcoin came out and, you know, 12, 13 years later, we've all, already gotten to the world of decentralized finance and mm -hmm. peer to peer computing. And um, we're still in just the beginning phases, but wow, already a two, $3 trillion market. Um, the hyper capitalization is there. The innovation is there. And mm -hmm. it's, it's an exciting time to, to be in this space. Um, this being one of our first podcasts in this series, I wanted to really focus on the blockchain technology itself and where those applications are. Um, as per title of this show, The Blockchain World, I think that's appropriate. So maybe to start off, um, I think a lot of people have heard this word blockchain, uh, but they still don't actually know what it really is. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think it's also appropriate to talk about Bitcoin since it essentially introduced the invention of blockchain to the world. Uh, so Bitcoin versus blockchain, what's the difference or is there a difference? How do you describe this to someone who's never heard of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so probably the the best way that I try to outline the overarching topic of blockchain and crypto, right? Because absolutely, crypto is a big area. And so Bitcoin is the easiest way to get people introduced and comfortable talking about crypto. So a good way that, that I always try to frame the conversation is that basically we all know what the... Uh, internet is right hopefully right <laughs> and so the internet and then on that internet uh platform we have applications be it websites search portals blockchain so it's internet blockchain runs on the internet and bitcoin and other crypto assets are applications running on top of that underlying blockchain okay fine but actually honing in on what is a blockchain and a blockchain, it's it's uh, in the news quite a bit lately, talked about quite a bit, and has really uh, created a trillion-dollar asset class. But all that a underlying blockchain is, is it's a traceable and transparent record of transactions that are unable to be altered or edited and are on a ongoing basis uh, actually shared between any members of that network. So, so in other words, right, if anybody is in any industry that has two, three, four, five, or, you know, hundreds of other counterparties, and all of those counterparties have to have access to high quality and accurate data on a on-demand basis, blockchain is a excellent tool for that industry. Again, honing in on it's a traceable record. It's a transparent record, and it's unable to be altered. Excellent stuff. And everybody who's a part of this network, blockchain network, has access to this up-to-date record as it happens. And so that really is the core idea of it. And then obviously Bitcoin, it's the uh, headliner, right? It's, it's the biggest, baddest uh, crypto asset out there. Everyone's heard of it. And basically, Bitcoin is the first crypto, 
that was ever introduced into the marketplace in a mainstream way. The original white paper, it was published, I believe, on Halloween 2008, and the first block was mined on 11209. Uh, yes. Yeah. And so, and so Bitcoin, it is a totally peer-to-peer decentralized medium of doing business, right? It's a financial asset that I can buy, sell, trade, or actually use in economic transactions that is not governed or issued or, or actually controlled under any government or institution at all. So it's a really powerful idea outside of the headlines out there. But but the core idea of it is incredibly powerful. This sort of peer-to-peer tool hasn't really panned out that way yet, but the idea of it, it's, it's, a, it's a true sort of re-creation uh, of how individuals and institutions can actually conduct business. I love that you talked about the white paper. I actually, I don't know if you can see it right here, but I have the Bitcoin white paper framed I on love my wall it. right here. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm nerding out a I little bit. I have to bit, get but... that now. I have <laughs> yeah, to get that absolutely. now. Hang it, hang it right over here. Yeah, yeah. Keep it in the house in every room because <laughs> it's, a, it's a good reminder of, of why it's so cool. And yes, uh, there's many new technologies that have, and cryptocurrencies and, and digital assets that have evolved since Bitcoin. But I think... Um, you know, to your point, Bitcoin was designed to be a peer-to-peer currency, a literally a money. And um, you know, the technology is uh, in this space maybe considered old now, um, but it's still as a money system. I think it's good money, and and that's why it is adopted worldwide. Um, some people say that the invention of blockchain blockchain technology is as revolutionary as something like the internet. Some have likened it to be bigger than the automobile or the printing press. What are your thoughts there? I would say that, that yes, on the one hand, that the invention and the onboarding of blockchain is, a, is indeed a huge deal in terms of how individuals and institutions can store and access data, right? But I would also caution that blockchain, as any other powerful tool, could be augmented or reused for uh, unethical purposes. But that off the top, I would argue blockchain is definitely a, a net positive because, as we all know, the core sort of lifeblood of any uh, firm, be it a manufacturer service firm, food service, transportation, pharmaceutical, that core asset of any business really is the information that is created, stored, and then and then actively transferred out to the marketplace. And so any tool or asset that, that helps the, the firm and our external clients better manage and better operationalize that data stream is a huge economic uh, opportunity. Yes, it is absolutely huge. Yeah, it's that term Web 3.0 that we're hearing as it rolls out. um, You know, blockchain can be used as a computing platform. And the the concept of decentralization as that it rolls out and is applied to networks um, and people can own different pieces of the networks and transact Mm -hmm. with each other through crypto assets. 
that that's an incredible invention and it really will change the way day-to-day transactions are are happen and um, how people interact with each other so i agree i think it is truly a a groundbreaking thing maybe you know maybe not as much as the automobile maybe more it's it's hard to compare because uh, you needed one before the other right Mm -hmm. automobile was a way for people to connect and uh, to Mm -hmm. expand throughout the world and this is just um, another iteration of that just based on technology absolutely I'd like to touch on that decentralization because that, to me, that is the core function of blockchain, right? It it solved the what we call the Byzantine generals dilemma, uh, which there are many folks out there who know much more about it than I do. But the way I describe that uh, that issue is when you have a network that is not controlled by a centralized uh, authority or power, uh, you can have trouble with consensus and timing and how how does that data become uh, safe and good and secure and that is what blockchain does it is essentially uh, a ledger of data and the blockchain keeps that and that's how you get consensus within within a network is that how you would describe it i would say so yes and and probably a a good parallel that that i always use is that anybody who's ever played a game of uh telephone Right knows that over time, as you transfer data from person to person, Sean to Tim to David to Doug to Adam, that core data gets corrupted, basically. And so how do you keep that information? How do you maintain the clarity and the accuracy of that data? And that's what blockchain does, right? Because any time, to your point, um, that individuals or individual companies try to organize themselves outside of one point of control or one source of uh, truth, right? All of those problems instantly pop up. And so by having basically a mechanism in place to help motivate and to create the right uh, economic incentives to keep everybody on board and on track with how to process that data, how to store it, validate it, all the rest, be it proof of work, proof of uh stake or other options out there that really uh answers that problem in quite a elegant way yeah that's well put um i think to the 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 concept of a decentralized network is kind of hard to understand because most people are used to the the decentralized networks that we operate on Mm -hmm. Uh, whether that's through a social media platform or a monetary platform with banks and uh, Google or Facebook, uh, when you have the power of something that, that's decentralized at full scale, you know, I truly believe, and we might not be there yet, like you said, but I truly believe once we have the infrastructure and the scalability built out, we will achieve cost efficiency and time efficiency. And, and then it'll be networks that are built on top of algorithmic protocols that are trust free. We don't have to trust in um, you know, an intermediary to hedge counterparty risk. We'll have immutable data. And mm-hmm. um, honestly, that's what's exciting to me and being able to get in this space and, and help our clients uh, you know, jump into this world is it's really cool. What are, what are some of the ways that uh, you're seeing um, your community use this? Sure. So probably a few of the more interesting applications that 
I've seen personally is obviously I'm on the board of of two policy groups and of a crypto asset payment company. And the interest in actually having people get paid in crypto isn't always Bitcoin. But to actually have crypto be now integrated formally into payroll tax uh, tools and all the rest, um, all of that is extremely exciting, right? Because again, the whole idea, don't forget, it was cryptocurrency to be used as a medium of doing business. And, and having crypto assets, adding that traceability, transparency, instantaneous transaction settlement, all of that are real quantitative benefits for individuals and the banking uh, industry as well, all of which are actively allocating funds to their own in-house blockchain projects. So, so it is not as abstract an idea as you might think otherwise. And then also this whole idea coming actually back to that whole idea of trying to be decentralized, right? Because, because quite a few of the newer applications at the enterprise level are actually more and more centralized. But actually the idea of a uh, DAO, decentralized autonomous organization, that's really interesting to me. And there are quite a few examples of that out there. Um, there had been one constitution DAO that was bidding, raised $48 million uh, in Q421. There's actually a, a current DAO project underway that's, that's aiming to purchase the uh, Denver Broncos for almost $4 billion. And, and so really that's a very interesting real world application of how now I can have a organization, but I don't have to have any of the traditional red tape or obstacles or sort of uh, internal friction of a traditional organization. And then also, you know, a, a cool application that I've seen personally, I have some anecdotal uh, interactions with this space personally, is this whole idea of uh, NFTs. Now, obviously, I do know that NFTs are a headline topic, that they're buzzworthy, non-fungible tokens are just pictures, right? But they really aren't. And I won't bore you going into all of those operational guts here, Sam. But basically, the NFT or the, or the rise of NFTs and the rise of the independent content creator community on YouTube, on Instagram, artists, uh, uh, podcasters you know it's it's a real opportunity right to one open up channels to allow these content creators to actually monetize all of their content and to do so in a transparent and i would argue fair way and it also really uh allows more people more access to types of uh content right be it traditional artwork or this new world of content be it online gaming Esports. It's a huge area that I think right now is a bit overlooked, but is a real combination and overlap of this esports, e gaming, and then how blockchain and crypto have a real viable sort of business opportunity there, also. Wow. So you touched on two concepts that are very broad and also very deep. So decentralized autonomous organizations, and they do kind of go hand in hand. Well, very much do go hand in hand with NFTs. Mm -hmm. So let me try to break this out into, into two different parts. <laughs> we actually have planned in future episodes to dive very deeply into okay. into NFTs, but I love it because um, 
I personally have gotten into NFTs and just you know dabbling as sure. you know, learning about it and and also you know sharing some interests that uh, with NFT communities that are out there. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Right now, it is um, sometimes it's a meme, sometimes it's actually a legitimate project. But it took me a while to wrap my mind around why is this NFT such a cool thing? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people just think, oh, it's just a picture, but when I finally truly understood it, it's the tokenization of everything. And that's a term that people throw around. But I mean, you can take people who have common interests and tokenize those interests through forming mm-hmm. a DAO. You know, if you want to go buy the Denver Broncos or go buy a copy of the U.S. Constitution, um, it's an investment vehicle. You don't have to know the other people there. You just know that that's what they want to do. And you, uh, you know, tokenize uh, you know, go buy tokens and put it into the DAO and, and then it owns that constitution and you can do what you want with that once you own that constitution. And, and so then, yeah, hand in hand with a DAO as an investment vehicle or as a governance uh, entity. Mm-hmm. And I just read your publication the other day uh, about uh, regulation on DAOs and, mm-hmm. okay. you know, Wyoming has their own DAO structure yep. now. Um, where do you see that going? I think DAOs are a tremendous opportunity, right? Because a lot of the headlines, and I won't talk politics, right? But but there is this common narrative, right? That everybody wants everybody to be part of this wealth wealth creation process, right? That is commonly linked to either real estate ownership or uh, equity ownership. But actually doing so is not always as easy as it sounds, right? For everybody out there. And so by having a, a tokenized option right that that i can be part of these projects of these ideas of these interests and it's really interesting tim as we sort of pivot uh out of just having DAOs and nfts for virtual assets or property and to real tangible property now it's a really interesting opportunity for individuals and institutions to again have that tokenized fractional ownership of a real tangible asset or other income streams even linked to that asset. So on the one hand, I am ultra uh, excited to see how it goes forward. I mean, there are going to be obviously some questions on say, legal uh, issues, policy issues, uh, and say, tax issues. But I mean, you know, all of those questions have answers. We all as an industry just have to sort of coalesce on those answers. But I would say overall, you know, it's it's an excellent opportunity for individuals, institutions, and also for any practitioners or firms who are proactive and educated on these topics to actually go out there and to be a part of this area. And in a previous show, not tied to our on-chain series, but actually our debut podcast that uh, we released last week, I, I kept touching on regulation. We need regulation because... Uh, it's growing so fast and evolving so fast that mm-hmm. we're trying to fit these new awesome things into old regulation that just doesn't quite fit sometimes. And, um, you know, I think it could hinder growth if it's not addressed properly. What are your thoughts on that? I would say yes to uh, both, right? That on the one hand, we absolutely need regulation. Now, now personally, I'm a fan of sort of hands-off regulation usually, but that every industry has to have at the very least you know, baseline rules, right? And a 
framework to operate in, right? To help protect the firms themselves and any of their external partners, investors, all the rest. And so it really is critical for us here in the U.S. to, one, get our policymakers educated on these issues, which I do think there has been some real progress made over the last 18 to 24 months. And then, two, it's really critical for us to basically uh, to, I would say, take the blinders off of ourselves, all of us, and to understand that blockchain and crypto, there's a uh, lot going on in the U.S., but it is not based here in the U.S. And if other countries are able to get out and to create a more welcoming ecosystem, that's where the capital, the jobs, and the brain power will ultimately go. And so, yes, I would say that absolutely there is a uh, large gap between what the market wants in terms of clarity and the willingness of agencies here in the U.S., be it the SEC, the IRS, CFTC, OCC, uh, to actually provide any hard and fast rules, right? Because the FASB has not yet either, PCAOB hasn't really done much of anything on this yet. And so, so it really is, I think, part one to have those policymakers become more educated on these topics. And all of that is underway. And then two, it really has to be a a push by the industry, trade groups, firms operating in space, all the rest, to to ask for really clear rules as to what is what, how to treat what, and then how things have to be audited, valued, all the rest. Yeah, and and Tim, you know, just a very basic question: What is Bitcoin? That's a good question. It's money in, to me. <laughs> in 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 our uh, world, what is it? It's is it an equity instrument? Is it a financial instrument? What kind of financial instrument? Is it cash? I mean, and then how do you show that correctly on the books? And all that we have now is to is to call it a indefinite lives intangible asset. I mean, I do understand that's the general consensus. Get it uh, out there right now, but it's but it really isn't accurate, right? And so I agree. I agree. Yeah. And so hopefully in 2022, 23, this. This increased level of conversation and education can ultimately have that ball rolling. Yeah, and touching on that, you know, the gap accounting for uh, cryptocurrencies and digital assets, you're totally right. I mean, having it as an intangible that is subject to impairment, but then you can't write up and reverse the impairment or mark to fair value. That is an issue. We're seeing that with MicroStrategy, right? And a lot of other companies, I don't think Tesla's quite there yet, but where they've impaired this investment and, you know, the market rate has actually increased since that impairment. And now it's, is it exactly leading, you know, correct information to investors? No, maybe not. And that's where I, I guess my perspective is coming from is, yes, from an accounting tax side, we need regulation, but it needs to be protective of investors. I very much agree with the hands off um, approach. Don't over-regulate it to where it, it just, um, you know, kills the industry. So yeah. we will see what happens this year. Uh, I've heard a lot of movement in the, well, both in the in the IRS and, and federal side, but states seem to be moving even quicker than, than our federal government right now. Yes. Uh, Texas, Florida, NYC, Wyoming, Colorado, 
are all moving towards trying to get crypto more integrated into how the major urban centers operate and are actually uh, actually funded, and then how the overall state operates also. So yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully that uh, impetus and also the increased onboarding of blockchain and crypto by major banks, broker dealers, corporations will help sort of push policymakers to actually have some answers for us going forward. Well, I thank you again for being on the show today. We're at time. I wish we could go longer. Um, <laughs> certainly would love to have you on an, again in a future episode. Um, but as a parting of thought, um, assuming we have good regulation, how do you think this technology is going to impact our world at full scale? So at full scale, right, the impact of, I think, blockchain is going to be a higher level of trust in the information linked to individuals, right? right? Because right now, and I can only speak anecdotally, I mean, every major corporation that handles large amounts of data has been hacked or is being hacked right now as we speak government private sector has no bearing on it and so and so that is the underlying thing that as more and more of our lives personal business lives are virtual in nature there has to be a tool to help protect all of that data right on our personal lives corporate lives all the rest over there blockchain side crypto side um, it's going to be really, really interesting to actually see how this un unfolds. Um, there are some people who are really not for having basically privately issued money compete versus fiat monies. But ultimately, that's already happened, right? There are these privately issued stable coins that have a market cap well in excess of $100 billion you know, that, that are being actively used every single day. And there are countries introducing their own crypto assets being used as we speak. So, I mean, that train has already left. And so now the ultimate question is, how do we create a ecosystem, hopefully here in the U.S., right, where basically there's basically a open API, right, where if, if an individual wants to use dollars, great. If an individual wants to use a privately issued coin tethered on the U.S. dollar, great. Or if an alternate crypto asset wants to be used here, that should also work. So that's the real impact of, I think, uh, of crypto assets going forward. It is not one or the other. It's, it's had to create a basically open API platform that's able to use and to interchange different forms of, of payments in the future which in a decentralized world ideally would be extremely cost efficient, time efficient and trustless, which is a good thing. We just yes. trust the network, trust the protocol. Yep. Absolutely. Well, trust the math. Trust the math. That's right. Can never, math can never lie. Well, at least <laughs> not in accounting. Um, well, Sean, thank you again for being on the show. Um, very knowledgeable and very involved in this space. Hopefully we do have you again and uh, on the show soon, but in the meantime, uh, we will call it a day. Awesome, Tim. Thank you so much.